105.1, the home of SAFM in Johannesburg. Johannesburg. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's nine minutes after 12. It's, you're on In Tune here on SAFM. I'm Naledi Mulao. Joined now on the line by Professor Lauren Graham, Associate Professor and Deputy Director of the Centre for Social Development in Africa, so CSDA, at the University of Johannesburg. Prof, good afternoon. Thanks for giving us your time. Good afternoon, Naledi, and hello to your listeners. Yeah, t- two ladies on the show uh, for this one. I've got Kelasoko Mashilwani as well in studio, uh, coach, trainer, and speaker in the field of business leadership in uh, youth development. Welcome to Inchun. Thank you so much, and hello to everyone. Yeah, uh, Prof, I'm going to start with you. When we when we got the the um, that release from Stats essay on the on the 23rd this week, it 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 was it was very disappointing to hear that unemployment was on the rise and that the news just really just continues to get worse and worse. But were you surprised by by what we heard? Um, disappointed, but not surprised. Mm. Um. I think what is encouraging is that we did we did see some some growth in employment, but that was matched by um, growth in the number of people looking for work. Yeah, and so we're not keeping up with the number of people who are looking for work. We're not creating jobs fast enough, and of course, young people are affected worse in that situation. So essentially what has happened is that those that were unemployed but weren't looking for work have now started looking for work. Yes. Um, so the pool of unemployment has just gotten bigger, yes. um, but the jobs themselves have not become available. Yet we did see a slight increase in the amount of jobs that, that we are seeing, though. Yeah, so, so, and that's the challenge, is that as we're seeing more people move into the, into the labor market, we need to be creating jobs at a faster pace than we are to keep up with that. Yeah. You, you with the Center for Social Development in Africa, just completed a study that I think you released it earlier this month, might, might have been around the 9th. Um, and that had some interesting findings. Just talk to us quickly about what, what it is that you did and what you found. So what we did is we've um, we've long recognized that youth unemployment is a crisis in the country. Mm. So our unemployment levels are very high, but we, but young people are particularly affected by unemployment. And in the latest quarterly labor force survey, we're seeing that um, about 38% of young people between 15 to 34-year-olds are are unemployed. And if you include those who are discouraged, that, that number goes up to about 44%. Mm. It's a huge number, and we've long recognized it as a challenge, but we felt that it was necessary to look at what are the solutions. And so we've worked with eight youth employability programs. These are organizations that are running skills training for young people to have a look at whether they are effective in supporting young people to find work. Mm. And what we found is that so we released findings mainly on the baseline assessment, which is the assessment as young people go into the programs mm. and also as they exit the programs. And, and what we saw was some, we, we know what some of the major structural challenges are that young people face. So we've got low labor growth, we've got a skills mismatch and that young people enter the labor market at the back of the labor queue because they don't have the skills um, necessary for the labor market. But what we also saw in that finding was in the, in that study was that there are a number of community level and individual level barriers that young people face as mm. well mm. that keep particular groups of young people locked out of the labour market. Yeah, and we we need to get into some of those factors, and you know, and we will in a moment. Um, what stood out for me is the fact that you 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 know in in um, in a release about your your study. 
You say the findings point to an optimistic and future-orientated cohort of young people. So this is a generation of young people that are really optimistic about their future. They... And, you, and you'll hear this with a lot of young people. I'm sure you've, you've done this as well, where you've talked to young people and you ask them, what do you think of your future? And they're optimistic. I'm going to drive this car. I'm going to live this lifestyle. I'm going to do this with my life. I'm going to create a legacy. And they are optimistic. And then we look at the numbers and that doesn't support the feeling that they have. Talk to me about um, whether or not that is going to, at some point, cause a major crisis for us, Kelatlok. Um, yes, it is going to cause a major crisis because, I mean, about five years ago when I've, after graduation, uh, me and my friends were excited to get into the job market, but um, unfortunately, most of them couldn't find jobs. And for some, it took them two years, three years. I mean, we're talking about people with university um, um, honors degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you come out of university um, excited that you, you, know, you will join the labor force and start contributing and obviously um, making a living for yourself. So it is a crisis um, when um, the opportunity Optimism doesn't match um, the reality of the situation. And I think that is where um, as um, businesses, as, um, as um, organizations need to come together to say, um, what can we do? How do we keep the optimism um, in spite of the um, 27.1 unemployment rate? How do we create opportunities? How do you use your university degree and um, start something for yourself if you can't find a job? Mm, mm. Yeah, and, and, and you see, even while you are unemployed right and you you're looking for job for that job so you've just come out of varsity you maybe have a really big debt that you need to finance as well uh, because of your university fees now you need to look for work yeah. and you you prof talked about the various barriers so uh, things like i remember someone said in fact being unemployed is very expensive in South Africa, because there's the transport costs to go up and down applying for all of these jobs. There's internet costs. You need to, you know, be in that internet cafe, you know, sending out that CV. Let's just quickly talk to us about some of those, Prof. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, it is very expensive to be unemployed. The group of young people that we looked at um, all so they all had, uh, or most of them had a matric, and about a third of them had a post-secondary education qualification. Mm. Um, and what we saw was that 78% of them were unemployed and had experienced chronic unemployment, meaning that they were unemployed for longer than a year. Mm. When we looked at their, mm. the, the, what they were spending on work-seeking, we looked that they were spending about an average of about 930 rand on work-seeking per month. Mm. And that included transport costs, which was the bulk of the costs, around 560 rand per month, as well as then those other costs that you mentioned, which for them was about 380 rand per month. Now, these were young people that were coming from very poor households. Their average per per person household income was about 527 rand per month. Mm. So they're spending more than what the the average um, household individual income is. Uh, per individual. So it's a trade-off for young people in the household who gets to go to look for work. How do we split the money? We have to meet our food costs need, uh, food costs first. And these young people were also coming from households that indicated mod- quite high levels of um, food insecurity. So what do we do, Gela Shogo? You work with businesses and, and um, in the space of youth development as well. What is the solution? Um, the point is made over and over again that you, we should be teaching entrepreneurial skills right down from early education, right down from primary school, so that by the time these kids are out of the system, they're able to create jobs. 
Um, that's all good and well if we ever get to that point. In the meantime, though, those that have been left behind um, are essentially left behind. So what is what is the solution that we should, in fact, be looking at? Um, I think um, what we should be looking at is, um, you know, we need to be, you know, teaching our um, students how to think creatively out of the box because um, entrepreneurship needs people to be creative. Um, you know, you've got a situation and what, what can you do? To get out of it, you must be creative. You must look for means that will help you um, see the bigger picture um, yeah. despite you know what we're going through. And I think this is what our education system doesn't teach. It doesn't teach us creativity. We learn facts. We learn, um, I mean, for instance, I did geology. And um, from my first year to my um, honors year, it was theory. It was, um, you know textbook but no one taught me um if i go out and don't find a job what can i do with that degree mm. and i think that's mm. where the education system need to bridge the, the gap how do you take your education and make it practical uh, when you don't get a job you know um because yeah. if you if you look at it in theory um it's all great but but it's not enhancing creativity it's not making us to think out of the box to look for opportunities um when i get out of university my first thought is where am I going to get a job? Mm. My first thought is not, how can I create a business? How can I create a job with what I've got? Mm. Yeah, let, let's, let's bring this back to you, Prof. And, and she makes a very strong point that we haven't prepared um, young people. So even if we're talking basic education, even tertiary education, that young people are just not prepared for the kind of environment they're going to be in. Um, but is it fair to blame that squarely on, on, on a basic and tertiary education? I think it, it, a lot of it has to do generally the unemployment problem. A lot of it has to do with the um, basic and, ter- and tertiary education. We see very limited throughput rates into, into tertiary education. And we see that employers have a distrust of the basic and uh, basic education system. But in terms of inf- entrepreneurship, I think it's partly about what do we teach at schools, but it is also attitudinal. So in our study, we saw that only 17% of the, of the sample had had any prior experience with self-employment and most of them were indicating preference for being employed rather than creating their own businesses and it's a high risk and I think you know we often talk about youth getting involved in entrepreneurship but really we're asking some of the most vulnerable young people with limited education levels limited social networks limited income to start businesses themselves and starting business, uh, starting a business is really, really difficult, even if you do have those resources. Yeah, listen, we need to we need to start looking at other solutions here. So, and everyone has a role to play, right? We need to come back and talk about businesses' responsibility, government's responsibility. What really needs to change here, and we'll bring it back to education as well. Um, still chatting to Gela Thoko Mashilwane, coach, trainer, and speaker in the field of business leadership and youth development, as well as Professor Lauren Graham, associate professor and deputy director of the Centre for Social Development in Africa at the University of Johannesburg. In tune on SAFM for the youth by the youth. You're still on In Tune. I am Naledi Moleo. We're talking unemployment, the unemployment crisis. Are we at a point where we can call it a crisis? Send your SMSs to me, 34701. Sean says, Scrap BE. Now, where's the SMS? Sean says, Scrap BE, and many will start uh, a new business. Hmm. Joe says, Joe and Peter Meitzbeck, but we've been told over and over already that the business of, of the business sector is business and the creation of profits, not to create employment. David's on the line in Durban. David, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Um, I just tuned in uh, quite recently, but this is a topic that's really close to my heart. Yeah. 
I run my own business here in Durban, and um, obviously I'm not trying to say that that I know everything about it, but it's it's, it's something a feeling that I get about entrepreneurship is is that rather than focusing on teaching skills to people, um, we need to be teaching people how to cultivate a certain type of attitude towards life. And um, in, in many ways, I think that sort of takes pressure off the way we're trying to get education across in this country, which is very much, you know, maths, science. We need to get teachers that have skills in all these areas. But meanwhile, what we should actually be focusing on is creating an environment that either is an extension of, of, a, of a great household and a good upbringing or can replace, you know, to, to as a large extent as possible, um, an upbringing or, or, you know, a household environment that might be lacking. Mm. So, so that people go into the workplace, in inverted commas, with an attitude that, that allows them to maybe see the, the opportunities that do come about. Um, that's in a nutshell how I feel about it, and I, I don't really know what you guys make of that. But I just yeah, you see, my, my, my view on it, David, and you know, you can, you can respond to it if you want as well, is that you make a good point, right? And this is what Kela Shoko was talking about as well. So teach people how to, how to be creative and spot opportunity where it is. But you need mm. to be exposed to opportunity first before that can happen. Cool. And, and, you know, it's all good and well to say teach the right attitude. But if, I, if I've never mm. been inside a, 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 a workspace or a working environment, I, I, mm. I cannot, I cannot spot the, the, those, the opportunities that yeah. are available for me to leverage on because I'm ju- I, just, I just don't have access to them as yet. Yeah, so, so there are many levels to, to the approach that yeah. the country's going to have to take towards this. Um, you know, you can you you have to look after one element at a time, and and but uh, you know you can't have one without the other. Sure. So I think I think if we if if we really focus on um, the way in which we educate um, our you know our people in this country, then we would end up with a pool of people that had you know in theory an attitude that would be more conducive to taking those opportunities then we can focus on putting in, in place legislation that would provide those opportunities etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. but um i just i think the point is that it's, it is a multi-pronged approach but if one of the if one of the, the the layers of that approach are lacking then you know you can do whatever you want in the other areas and sure. it yeah yeah no i i agree with you completely david thanks for calling um, taking your SMSs on 34701. Prof, let, let's talk about the responsibilities that, you know, various sectors have. Um, and, and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, who was it? Joe in, in Peter Maritzburg says, no, the business of business is business <laughs> and, and and generating profit. It's not creating jobs. Yeah. Well, in part, yes, but they generate profit through having a, a workforce. And mm. so... Um, the private sector does have a responsibility to be creating jobs insofar as it um, it serves their purposes of, of whatever services they're delivering or products that they're delivering. But I think we've recognized that in South Africa, there's, there have to be partnerships to deal with some of the major challenges. Mm. And if we're interested in inclusive growth, if we're interested in social stability in this country, then all partners need to get on board about creating 
the environment in which more people and previously excluded people are being employed. Mm. And so, yes, business does have a role to play in job creation in an environment where the government makes it conducive for that to happen. Um, And so, for instance, our economic growth path so far has been largely focused on technology-led growth and high-skills growth, but we don't have the labor market, uh, people in the labor market with the sufficient skills, and so we have a skills mismatch in the labor market. Mm. So perhaps government's responsibility is to be looking at how do we stimulate sectors where we have labor-intensive growth, for instance, in in lower-level manufacturing or in agriculture, um, agricultural processing, where we can absorb more people into the labor market. Um, but there are also some exciting initiatives. So, for instance, there's a, there's a big in, uh, business government initiative at the moment where big businesses are committing to creating one million learnerships in three years for mm. young people. Mm. And that will expose one million young people to the workplace for at least a year, which is a really exciting initiative and, and, and evidence of how partners can get together. Um, and then we look at the, the group of um, organizations that we look like largely work in civil society, although also in the private sector yeah. and, and state. And those are, are critical organizations for exactly the point that David was making about attitudes. So a lot of them do not just technical skills training, but workplace skills training. How do you, um, how do you make sure that you're at work on time? How do you have a... Um, an, an attitude in the workplace that makes you employable. Yeah. How do you work with people? So the right attitude in the workplace that makes you uh, more employable than the next person. Mm. So those organizations also have a, a critical role to play. And I think we are seeing some innovations and some efforts being made. And it's about um, assessing how well they're doing, how do we scale them up, um, how do we make them work for different groups of young people and for different employers? Yeah. Prof, thanks so much for, for speaking to us. Where can we take a look at your study? Is, have you published it somewhere? Yes, it is on our website, which is www.uj.ac.za forward slash CSDA. Okay. Thank you so much, Prof. Uh, Lauren Graham, Associate Professor and Deputy Director of the Center for Social Development in Africa at the University of Johannesburg. I'm going to continue this conversation with Gela Shoko and I thought let's stay behind us young ladies and you know let the the young people try and find solutions to this problem as well we'll continue with that after this in tune with Naledi Muleo for the youth by the youth 105.7 the home of SAFM in Cape Town SAFM South Africa's news and information leader it's half past 12. You're still on in tune here on SAFM. Uh, still in studio with Kela Shoko uh, Mashilwane, who is a coach, trainer and speaker in the field of business, leadership and youth development. We're talking about the unemployment crisis. So what solutions is it that we should be offering? Um, and at what point are these solutions going to be taken seriously? Because we, we, we have these discussions here on air, then what? Watson's on the line in Belito. Watson, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. One of the, one of the solutions that needs to be uh, put out there is a quality called fearlessness. You know, if, if, if you, I think the system, as the lady was saying, doesn't teach you on how to be self-employed. It's, also, it's, it's almost like they teach you to be employed. Now, employed by who? Employed by people that are fearless. Hmm. Uh, 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 let's, use, let's, let's use an example. If Nelson Mandela was 
was fear in prison. Do you think he would have achieved what he had achieved? Well, he was fearless. There was a young lawyer, and he was focused on his goal to end apartheid, and he, and he did it fearlessly. You know, he went from he went from, from, from president to president because he was, his fearlessness was rewarded. Fearlessness gets rewarded. If, if, if you fear that you will fail, that you won't, that you, there won't be a reward for you. So you've got to be fearless. You've got to believe in your cause. It is true. There's nothing we can do about the education system. They don't teach you on how to start your own business. They teach you on how to be employed. Mm. Now, really, in this day and age, I always want to say for a young person to be employed with energy and with youth vigor, it's a crime. Those people should go out there and start their own companies and learn to trade. You know what I mean? They should yeah. be fearless. And that's the message that I'm putting out there. If you're fearless, if, if, you, if you're fearful, it's not going to work, if you're not going to have employment, you're basically doomed for failure. Be fearless yeah. and, and, and go out there. I mean, you look at the wealthy people in South Africa. They will all tell you, you have to be a bit crazy. <laughs> actually to, to, to make it work. Yeah. You look at a guy like Christo Visa. Yeah. He came from he came from Uppington to Cape Town in the seventies with one pet store. If you look at pet stores today, it's trading on the European stock exchange. It's called it's turning to a giant called Pepco. Mm. You listen to him, he told you he was fearless and he believed and he was a bit crazy. <laughs> Everybody was telling you you won't make it, you won't make it. People came from other countries into our country and they made it. Yeah. We are we are from here. We need to wake up and, and, and we need to stop being fearful. We need no, to yeah. basically think of being the employer than being employed. And, and we have the ability. Yeah, we do. you know what, and I really like where you're taking this. Thank you yeah. so much for calling in. That's, that, 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 that motivates us, you know. Yeah. Be fearless. That's the only thing that's holding you back. So tell us about some of the work that you do. Are you, are you working with fearless young people yourself? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, um, you know what, um, it's said that our society doesn't promote, um, you know, you know, courage and, and independence. Mm. It promotes dependency. And that's the sad uh, reality about um, uh, this whole thing, that when you're dependent on something, you can't think uh, you can make it on your own without that thing. Mm. And that is mm. a problem because if we are creating a society that is dependent, then um, who's going to solve the crisis? Yeah. You know, we need a society that encourages um, uh, small businesses, whether it's a person that, um, you know, has their own garden and, and sells fruits by the corner. We need to create that. Our society shuns those people. Mm. And if you don't promote such things, who will promote them? Yeah. So what what is it that you do exactly with, with young businesses? Uh, what I do is, uh, because most young uh, businesses, they, they've got the ideas, but they don't know how to put them on paper. If you ask them, what is your estimated um, um, annual turnover? Ooh, they don't know. They don't what know. is your five-year projection? What is your vision? Yeah. Um, what kind of people are you looking to employ? And and uh, those are the skills that um, um, young businesses um, are not exposed to. So that's what I do. I, I help them sit down with them and say, oh, so what is your vision? Where do you see yourself in five years? Who is your target market? Yeah. Who is this product going to? You know, because you, it's all good to have gr- uh, great ideas, but if you can't put them uh, on paper practically and be able to um, have a strategy as to how you're going to achieve um, your vision, it's a bit of a problem. Mm. Yeah, you see, and at that point, though, you're working with young people that are already keen to start their yeah. own businesses, to create employment. Yes, they don't have all of that information, um, and all of the, those skills, but they're keen to do it. So to some extent, there's a concern that, you, that you're, you're, you're preaching to the converted. How difficult is it to try and convince a young person who says, I'm sending out my CV every single day, I'm at the internet cafe, I'm sending it to as many people as possible. How difficult is it to say to that young person, 
why don't you spend all of that time and resources uh, and put that into your own establishment? It, um, honestly, it's very difficult because society has programmed you to look for a job. Yeah. And if you are programmed to look a certain way, it's so difficult to suddenly drop um, all of your beliefs, all of um, your, I mean, these things that are engraved in your subconscious. You believe that you need to get a job. And so because you've got this um, beliefs uh, rooted, you know, inside of you, it's difficult really. Um, uh, but I do get people that um, I sit down with and eventually they want to um, you know, because when situation is bad, you know, if something hasn't been working, you need to try something new. Yeah. If you've been applying for a job for five years and you are not getting anything, um, clearly that method is not working. So, What did Albert Einstein say? Doing something. Doing some, the same thing over and yeah. over again and expecting a different um, yeah. Yeah, different reaction. That is, is crazy. That is, is insanity. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. try something new. Yash mm. is on the line in Cape Town. Yash, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's been a while uh, since I want you to called say, in, you know, About trying something different. That's very important mm. because, you know, today there's a structural, you know, uh, obstacles to uh, employment, you know, given the way the economies in the world are uh, developing, you know. So we need to look at a universal basic income. And this must be seen as a hand up. And if you want entrepreneurs to prosper and flourish, they need to have some kind of safety net to fall back on in order mm-hmm. for them to take risk and you know, create their own employment. But furthermore, we need heavy investment in labor-intensive sectors, in the energy, uh, renewable energy sector, in, uh, in terms of food security, encouraging small-scale farmers, and to, to design uh, housing, uh, you know, uh, more green housing where people have access to to land which you can start communal gardens, etc., yeah. and to make it uh, attractive and uh, exciting for people to be involved in in, in organic farming and small-scale agriculture, setting up businesses, and so on. But they need to have some kind of safety yeah. net to fall back, back on, on. In, yeah. to enable them to take those risks. Yeah, no, The I, universal I, basic income is being debated throughout the world and many countries are looking at it. Yeah, so perhaps we should as well, maybe, Yash. Thanks for calling. Yes, oh, he's gone. Yeah, thanks for calling, Yash. It's, it's an inter- it's interesting input. And this is actually the second caller who's talked about, um, or the sep- second person this afternoon who's talked about agriculture being something that we should look at. And I was hoping that we were going to profile Portia Murudi, who's a beekeeper. Um, and now she's not picking up her phone. That's that's very disappointing because there were some great lessons that we could have learned from her. Portia, if you're listening, I'm very, very, very disappointed. <laughs> All right, so quickly for, for young entrepreneurs that are keen to, to get some sort of support, how is it that you can exist, assist? There's an SMS that came in from a young person who says they, they've started um, selling soaps, but they, they need capital. And again, you know, to access capital, you need to have certain things in place. Um, unfortunately, yeah, it is difficult getting capital um, because, uh, you know, even when you apply, uh, some banks will look at your credit record. I mean, as a young person, how do you, uh, I mean, you don't even have, uh, you know, money to spend, you know, mm. um, they look at those things. But um, but there are, uh, fortunately, um, uh, institutions and organizations that can help. Uh, but uh, this young lady just started a soap company, you say? Mm. And she's looking for uh, capital. For yeah. capital. I don't know if it's a lady, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what she can do is um, on my website. Uh, she can visit my website and get my contacts there. I can see how to help her. Um, my 
uh, website is www.k-elixir.com. Um, so I help people uh, look into avenues as to how they can, um, you know, get funding, uh, promote their business, and um, also just um, see how we, we, we can help. Mm, okay, yeah. so www.k-elixir. E-L-I-X-I-R yes. dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for the chat and keep us updated. I want to hear the success stories. Yeah. I really want to hear the success stories of, of young entrepreneurs that have been through your hands and, yeah. you know, have been able to create jobs. Those are the people we need to be celebrating. Yeah. And thank you for being a young person that does the work that you do. You inspire. Ah, thank you so much. I mean, we are an event company. We just started, but we are looking forward to um, changing lives by adding value to people, to all stakeholders of society from um, um, young uh, people that are keen to change our, ca- our country. I mean, we live in a beautiful country. We just yeah. need to start seeing the opportunities. And uh, yeah, go young people. <laughs> well, here's a young person. Yeah. Well, she's, here's a young woman that really has started to see the opportunities and she's doing a brilliant job. Kela Shloko Mashilwane, coach, trainer and speaker in the field of business, leadership and um, youth development. She's founded K Elixir and the website www.k-elixir.com. It's 20 to 1. You're still on in tune.